Good morning, good morning, good morning. I know it's a Monday morning, but it's still a good morning. This is where every day you and I, we get together, we have a little bit of coffee, we get into God's Word, and we grow in our love for the Lord together. And this year, 2023, Lord willing, we'll make it from Genesis to Leviticus. I'm so glad you joined this morning. Why don't we have some coffee? We'll pray, and we'll get into the Lord's Word. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you, thank you, thank you. You've woken us up this morning. You've given us a new work week. Father, it's a blessing that we get to start this work week with your word. Father, we pray that it would not return void, that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts, that we would understand what you have for us today. And Father, we pray that we would walk in your ways and follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're at Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21. And you know, we kind of left last week on a high place. Uh, Genesis 21, 1 through 7 was the birth of Isaac. That was great. Uh, You know, a great way to finish out the week. This week, we start our week with a hard passage. Uh, So Genesis chapter 21, beginning at verse 8, and we'll read through verse 20. Uh, 21, sorry. So the child, this is Isaac, so the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be despising in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because... He is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning, took the bread and a skin of water, and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba, and the water in the skin was used up, and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. Then she went and sat down across from him at a distance about a bowshot, for she said to herself, Let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not. For God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in your hand, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad, and he drew, or he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, And his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. 
Well, we need to ask ourselves, A, what's this about? B, what's the best verse to summarize this? And C, what are we called to do in response to these words? So A, what is this about? Well, we talked about how Abraham and Sarah had tried to take the covenant into their own hands. They tried to fulfill the promises. You know, God had said they were going to have a baby. They were old, so they, she, Sarah did this, this thing that she gave her, her slave girl, her, her woman, uh, Hagar, to Abram to bear a child. This did not turn out well. It, Hagar was already sent away once and was brought back. This is horrible, right? This this poor girl, is, this woman is, is caught in the midst of all of this, and it's not right. It's not okay. And so now this tension continues, right? This tension continues in that now that Isaac has been born, now he's somewhere, I don't know, between 18 months and three to four years. I don't know, whenever she stops weaning him. And Abraham throws this gigantic feast. It's really happy. And we find Ishmael, this boy, probably somewhere around 14, something like that, 13, 14. And he's now mocking Isaac. And this makes Sarah mad. It, instead of, why does it make her mad? It makes her mad because in her mind, Hagar, the slave, and her slave son should respect. But now remember what Sarah had done and the position Sarah had put Hagar in. Ishmael was, up to this point, the heir. He was the heir apparent, unless God had actually brought Isaac about. It was Ishmael who was going to receive everything. And so now she's mad because she sees that this is going to be a problem. That if Ishmael is making fun of Isaac now, then he's not going to back down when the time for the inheritance comes. And this is where ancient Near Eastern laws are harsh and not, I, they just, they're, they're harsh, right? I, I don't like studying ancient laws from Hammurabi and stuff like that when it starts talking about how people are able to treat their slaves. And, and here we find they, they're able to just send her away. Just gone. Disinherit Ishmael. Dismiss this the slave woman and her son. And the Lord, though, he says to Abraham, right? It displeases Abraham, but God says, I'm, I got a plan for him. Go and send them away. And so they do. Hagar is out in the wilderness. And it seems they have been quite a time lapse here because she's carrying both a skin of water that's now empty and she's carrying her own son this woman is carrying her own teenage boy i don't know how famished that boy must have been but for her to have the strength to carry him she puts him underneath a tree and she just goes a couple hundred or maybe maybe 50 100 yards away bow shot away and just she can't bear to hear his crying as she's convinced he's going to die. There's no water. There's no food. How's he going to live in the wilderness? And here Hagar receives a second theophany. God appears to her again. And we see that God cares even for the oppressed, even for those who are under affliction. And God hears the boys crying. And he tells her, he reminds her that 
of this promise. God had promised Abraham that he would make Ishmael into a great nation, but he was not going to be the heir of the covenant. And now he makes that promise again to Hagar, that her son would become a great nation. And he has her lift up her head, and look, there's a well. And she's able to get water for her son, and he's able to revive his strength. He becomes an archer and becomes a mighty man. This is a a story about this conflict and tension between Sarah and Hagar, between Isaac and Ishmael, between trying to get the covenant by works and getting the covenant by grace. This is what Paul brings out in Galatians. Right, he says this is an allegorical interpretation, but Sarah is the covenant of grace. And Hagar is the covenant at Sinai, trying to get it done by works. Treating God's law, treating the covenant as if it's something that you can just materialize and grasp on your own. And, he said, and God says, no, no, this is going to be by grace. It's going to be by grace. We need to point out here, everything that's happened with Sarah and Hagar and Ishmael could have been avoided. (laughs) Just because it is what happened doesn't mean it's what should have happened. But even in the midst of this ugly, ugly story, those who are connected to Abraham are blessed. So Hagar is blessed. She's blessed, and and, and I'm not trying to whitewash or make it seem less ugly, but her son does live, and he does become a great nation. Actually, go look back, and the children of Ishmael today are the Arabics. There's there's a whole bunch of, of Middle Eastern tension that's still based off of the descendants between Ishmael and Isaac. And so here we find that God does remember Hagar, he does remember Ishmael, he does build Ishmael into a great people himself, though he's not the inheritor of the covenant. So what are we called to do? Right. Well, first, maybe what's the best verse? Um, well, the best verse for this in my Bible, I have a few things underlined. I have verse 11 underlined, and the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. Uh, I have also underlined, uh, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite of him and lifted her voice voice and wept. And then verse 17, and God heard the voice of the lad. And then I also have verse part of verse 19 underlined. So I got a whole bunch of stuff underlined to get at the heart of the story. Let me know what, what would you underline in your Bible. Well, last seek calling. Right, if as we think and meditate through what this verse is calling us to, what are we called to do? Well, we are not called to try to appropriate God's promises by our works. It is by grace. And it might take a long time for God's grace to manifest, but he is good with his promises. It might be slow in our eyes, but it's not slow to the Lord. He's bringing about his promises. And so we must look and cling to Christ. We must not be like Sarah and Abram. Because every time that we try to 
earn God's promises, to merit his grace, we end up with hardship and disappointment. We end up making a mess of things. And so here we see two sinful people, Abraham and Sarah, and they're reaping what they've sown. And we see also that God still cares. Even in an ugly situation like this, he still cares for the oppressed and the afflicted. And so we can trust in him, cry out to him, and hold firm to his promises, trusting in his grace. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we pray that we would be those who would trust in your promises. Please, God, keep us. Keep us from trying to earn grace. Lord, we pray that we would walk in the light of your grace and we would walk in the confidence of your love. Father, we pray that you would please give us a heart for the afflicted and for the oppressed. And Father, we thank you that we are not by genealogy children of Isaac and Abraham, but you have adopted us into your family because you truly are a gracious God. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done and all you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, may the Lord bless you today. May you walk in the joy and peace of Jesus Christ, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from God's Word for You, a ministry of Sharon R.P. Church in rural Southeast Iowa. We pray that the message would be used by God to transform your faith in your life this week. If you'd like to get more information about us, feel free to go to the website, SharonRPC.org. We'd love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship time is 10 a.m. every Sunday at 25204 160th Avenue, Morning Sun, Iowa, 52640. May God richly bless you this week.